0: Welcome back. Week number two, Sports with Family. Still in the NFL preseason, but we're going to give you some NFL news looking at the situation with COVID. My father has some interesting perspectives, and we're also going to break down the American Football Conference. Now, this is not a very in-depth breakdown, let me tell you, but I think we do look at some interesting trends and have a few interesting nuggets of conversation looking at the AFC. So we're going to talk a little bit about college football, what's going on, with the money situation right there, uh, right now with uh, name, image, likeness. And we're gonna give some shout outs and salutes and also highlight what's going on right now with African-American coaches in the college game and also a little bit in the program. So anyway, as usual, my dad's in rare form. Sit back, enjoy. This is Sports With Family featuring Get Squared. Sports with Family is brought to you by Joomla Network, a consultancy and knowledge network focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Whether it's an assessment audit, training and education, a risk based analysis, or a more unique opportunity, our network partners have a solution. Joomla is a Swahili for whole, and it's time for your team to come together. Let us be your guide. Join us at JoomlaNetwork.com to find out more. Now, back to Sports with Family. back to Sports with Family. I'm your host, Russell Fugit here with my dad, you get together with Fugit Square. What's up, Dad? How you doing tonight?
1: Hey, I'm doing great and uh, really excited about, uh, you know, sports coming back. But please, everybody, mask up. It's dangerous out there. And if you're going to go to the games, just, yeah, I know it's outside, but just be careful. And please get a shot or a second shot or a third shot, as the case may be.
0: <laughs> the third shot. You're already in line for the third shot, huh? That's yeah. right. <laughs> well, I know, speaking of, of COVID, I know you had some thoughts. And of course, as many of you have heard, the National Football League has uh, instituted a much stricter policy this season that if a team is unable to uh, play because of a COVID outbreak, that they will uh, it will lead to a forfeit. And, of course, there's been some dispute, you know, or some concern, rather, about the vaccination rate amongst NFL players and teams, including here where I am in my team, the Washington uh, football team, until recently, where, as the numbers have gotten above 80% reportedly. So, Dad, what are your thoughts this year as we head into the season in terms of the NFL's policy and, and stance? Well,
1: and number one, the NFL is the- supposed to be patriotic. Supposed to be patriotic and, and leading the way, and they were slow on Black Lives Matter and 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 the protests with the with the players kneeling and all that, and they and they never really got in front of that, but they tried to catch up. They weren't anything uh, like li- like the uh, NBA was in terms of supporting uh, of those kind of issues, and now right. you know here here we are again with the president. Who cannot order people to take the shot, but guess who can?
0: Companies. Now, well, I don't the pre- know. The president can't if the, the the you for the federal government. The Excuse me? The president can if you work for the federal government, which he's done. Yeah, because he's their boss. Right, exactly.
1: And that's exactly. the point. A boss can, as a term of employment, require you to be vaccinated. Now, it's probably a negotiated issue with the union. I don't know what the, you know, you know, I'm a union guy. I got to disclose that. So I don't know what the union's position is, but it would be hard to understand that the union would be against it. And I know we're in America and we're free and everything else, but we don't have the freedom to, to infect other people. And all of our kids get vaccinated going to school and, and that's what time it is. So that's where we are that's what it is. And then for the league to jump up and say, oh, well, we're not going to make you get vaccinated. But if we, if we have to cancel a game because of it, both teams will not get paid. And they didn't say what would happen to the record. Do both teams get losses or whatever. But that, that's just so crazy when you look at last year, how they backflipped to the reschedule games that had to be put off. And I can tell you, based on what I'm reading, I'm not going to be shocked. When a team gets infected and has to miss a game,
0: so while there's a lot there. And one thing I didn't realize so that so, even the team that did not have the infection that was that was part of the forfeit would also miss a game check.
1: Yes, wow. that that's what I read. Now okay. I, I didn't, you know that that was what was reported.
0: Okay, that wasn't wow. I wasn't aware of that. And so you think that you think the TV partners will go for that? <laughs> the media partners the the ticket holders, the corporate partners, are going to go for
1: Well, the league, I'm sure it's in the contract. Right. So what happened last year? Okay, they got all the games in the rim. So this is all subject to the current of the contract. And the only time the NFL makes money decisions is when it's based on other money. So there's, there's some... Uh, thing about the nfl's you know they told uh you know fox or whatever if you miss a game i'll pay you back i mean i i can't verify that but it doesn't it, i mean why would instead of just saying hey either you show me your card and you can't get on a plane you know show me a card or your kid can't come to school right. uh you know and i'm going to arrest you for not getting your kid to shot i mean i mean i mean that, that's that's really where we are and i don't know why uh we have so much trouble facing it. I mean, they say it's become a, a political issue, but uh, it's really sad. So athletes are always looked to be examples in society, leading America. And we got a lot of athletes encouraging people to take shots, but it is nowhere near one hundred percent.
0: No, and it nowhere. needs to be. Agreed. Agreed. So well, we'll we'll see how this plays out with now eighteen week, seventeen game schedules. There's more chances
1: for. Yeah, because with these variants, Russ, I mean, somebody's going to get sick. Right. I mean, even if you have the shot, you can be testing positive.
0: And if you test positive, they're not going to let you in the locker room, right? I mean. I I personally know of two people who've gotten breakthrough infections. So there you go.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, and and we're not doctors. (laughs) No, we're not doctors. We're not not giving medical advice. No. I mean, I'm just reading the paper and and then, also, of course, we always try to read between the lines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do try to read between the lines and
1: play there. Yeah, so the take lines. care of your family. That's why we say sports with family. I mean,, uh, yeah. you got to take care of your family. You're gonna be out there and you're traveling and you're out there and and this thing, I mean, they just don't know and 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 our kids. Can't get vaccinated yet. And that's what makes it so bad with schools opening up. So we just got to really go back to like it was last year. And if we don't start acting like it's last year, it's going to be like it was last year. So Mm. I'm going to get off of this. But mask (laughs) up. And it's going to be interesting watching, uh, you know, all the live games this year. And hopefully they'll be able to pull it off. Uh, The Raiders are the first team to say you cannot come see the game unless you have a COVID vaccination certificate. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's the, the first happy. in the NFL. And okay. I don't know, is there are they the first team that was 100%? I, I read somewhere there was a team that's 100%, and I'm not sure. But that's what they need to do. Every team, hey, we're 100%. That that, that would make a difference in America.
0: Agreed, agreed. I know the Washington football team just announced that they're going to be requiring fans to wear masks to the preseason game uh, tomorrow. Okay, well, so that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. But uh in
1: Vegas, what stays here stays here and we and we don't want the virus <laughs> to come and stay here. Right. They, they don't want the virus to come and stay here. <laughs> no. no, we don't. No, we don't. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at my own jokes.
0: Well <laughs> somebody has to laugh at
1: those jokes. So, You're right there pretty so, bad, I
0: admit. So, I know I'm the old guy. I'm James right, Hugo
1: right. Jr. and that's my son uh Jay Russell, fugue number one, son, he's got a great education, education. He's Jesuit trained. So he makes more sense than I do. I wasn't smart (laughs) enough to get into a Jesuit school.
0: Yeah. Trying to make more dollars too. But anyway, we'll get to that. (laughs) Got my own own coin joke. Chip off the block. What can I say? So down Sunday night, I tweeted at you and, and wanted to understand how you're supposed to defend the outside run. There was a tweet. You can follow me at Russell Fugan. You'll see on August 15th, I tweet, I retweeted um, of the first call for a legal blocker. This tweet was from Terry Magali, which is at SNF rules, Sunday Night Football rules. And it was an outside run play. San Francisco running back from about the seven-yard line takes a handoff or a pitch. It runs to the right. And the, the Kansas City Chief Defender chop blocks. I think it's either the pulling tackle or the pulling guard low blocks them and it's called an illegal block. So it's now illegal for a player to block low more than two yards outside the tackle or more than five yards either side of the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I just watching this as a fan. I'm like, okay, this look, didn't look unusual. It didn't look like it was blatant. It, you know, the guy now saw the, 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 pull, the pulling guard chopped the defensive back? No, the defensive back chopped and took out the guard. It's actually the tackle. Okay. I'm watching it now the cornerback right. went low took out took out the tackle and then the right. other linebacker and okay. safety was able to make
1: the tackle okay when i first came into the game in 1972 as i may have said before i came into the national football league during a time when it was going from hand to hand combat to technique right so when i first came in you could practically do anything you could punch you could kick you could knee in the groin. You could bite if you had a chance. You could <laughs> grab and pull. Right. I mean, you, you could really be violent mm-hmm. while trying to do your particular job what it is, whether it's defending somebody, blocking somebody or whatever. You could do it, but you wouldn't do it in a passive way. If you were a lineman, you wouldn't always be dropping back. You would also be trying to hit the guy in the jaw at the same time, like Boomer, and uh, some of the the great uh, offensive linemen of the day. But the game began to change because of TV and because they have a bigger pool of players. So they try to mask it in safety and, and other kinds of things. But the bottom line is, first of all, they had to find a way to get smaller players. The receivers, most of the receivers, and I'm not saying half of them, I'm saying most, of today's flankers and wide receivers could not play during the 70s because they'd never get off the line of scrimmage. Right. See, that's what the bump and run did. It forced you to have Charlie Taylor and Roy Jefferson to come off the line of scrimmage. Right. You know, Drew Pearson, Bob Hayes, people like that, because you couldn't, you know, I mean, maybe Steve Smith get off the line of scrimmage, but I don't know. Pat Fisher would probably lock him up and shut him down. Right. So in those days... I used to tease Drew why Pat Fisher always had his hand in his face mask, punching him in the stomach all the way down. And he never got called for it one time. He would come up and grab the Hall of Famer by the face mask with the left hand, pull him toward him, and punch him in the stomach for at least three steps and then let go. <laughs> That's how Pat Fisher played defensive back. Then the next time he would come up and then he would roll block you and knock you down and then get up before you did. Mm. So it it was, it was, shall I say, different in those days. So you, so they said, look, we're going to have little players in the game and a bigger pool of players in a faster, more exciting, more television kind of game. We're going to have to devise rules where, you know, there's less hitting in a secondary. So when I played, when I released for a pass, they could hit me upside my head every step until the ball's in the air.
0: Mm, Right.
1: They could be punching me in my ribs every step until the ball's in the air. Now, when the ball's in the air, hands off. And then you can't touch me again until I touch the ball or you play the ball. But you can see how crazy that is where today within five yards, they can only touch the tight end one time. Right. When I was playing, you couldn't even get five yards unless you knew what you were doing. That's why Tim Tebow is a former tight end. <laughs> Indeed. I'm serious, man. Everybody yeah. thinks that right. you can be a tight end. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because
1: I was a tight end and that is not the easiest position on the field because you got to do everything that the linemen do and then you got to do everything that the wide receivers do the same day so uh, it's it's interesting and you got to know all the plays so that that's uh what the future of the nfl is as it's a made for television league which is speed uh and, and 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 try to lessen uh, the collisions and violence. Because let's face it, man, them little guys can't take all those hits.
0: Right. Yeah. Can you Imagine how many times I got really, really hit and didn't even ever even caught the ball. So what? So what's a what's a uh, outside defender defensive back supposed to do then on a, on a stretch run play or on a sweep? Right. With this rule change, right? Where you can't. You couldn't technique. 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 You use the okay. technique.
1: And in this case, it's called leverage. And mm-hmm. since he is quicker and faster, he can get to any position on the field before the blocker can. So once he recognizes where the blocker is going, he beats the blocker to his position in a way where he has the leverage and he okay. turns the play inside.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So it's technique and knowing how to get there. See, defensive back is a technique position. I played with Lamar Parrish, and Lamar Parrish could run backward as fast as I could run forward, and he could go left and right while he was doing it in either direction. Wow. We called him Leapy, and then he was leaping Lamar. He could intercept. He and Coy Bacon, they came from Cincinnati, man. Those are the two exciting players that George Allen brought in in those Redican days because, I mean, the secondary we had, when we had him, Joe Bird, and uh, uh, Brick, and and, uh, Kenny Houston, we had the best secondary in the league. Right, yeah well, I know Brady yeah, I mean I'm literally we had the best yeah. defense I want to see somebody else put up a secondary with that with Joe bird on one corner, yeah, right. we were we right. were pretty good back there. George Allen knew about defense, that's for sure. I mean, just remember when me and Calvin Hill and John Briggins was at our signing press conference as the first one of the first uh, group of free agents in the National Football league in nineteen seventy six he told us that as long as we don't put the ball on the ground, the defense and the special teams will find a way to win.
0: Now, I know many of us have been trapped in during the pandemic and are ready to get out and travel. Well, I want to encourage you to check out Axios Luxury Travel, a full service travel concierge company. They create unique experiences tailored for the modern travel, providing much more than you're going to find on Google, let me tell you. They've traveled the world and have hand-picked luxury hotel collections and experiences to recommend to you with confidence. Why? Because they've lived it. They've experienced it. So whether you're a solo traveler, a romantic couple, family or have a large group or a corporate gathering, let Axis Travel be your travel concierge partner. Find out more and contact them at Axis Travel. That's A-X-E-U-S travel Now back to Sports with Family. I hear you. So I'm, I'm that's, that's, that's the I NFL.
1: Know. And the college also is in a wild, wild west situation because we don't know the bottom of this money thing. It's like dark money in politics. And suppose all of a sudden they turn the lights on in politics and we knew every penny who spent for what against what, you know what I mean? We like roaches running for the wall when the lights came on because people were spending so much money. And don't want to know, you know, that it's being spent and that's how it used to be in college football. But now they don't even have to fool with that. So if you're a coach, you don't have to recruit players. All you got to do is recruit sponsors.
0: That'll get right. you players. Right. Yeah.
1: So we'll see. And and again, it's totally unregulated. NCAA doesn't have a clue. And I'm just glad that players can, can get to make money, but, what is that going to do to the framework of the so-called NCAA? Because we, we talked about, didn't we mention last week that the conferences are going to change? And I just read recently that uh, they are talking about that in the future in terms of, you know, the Big 12 and the ACC can't continue as they are. So there's so much money involved in it. Most of it goes to the coaches and the schools. And then after that, most of it goes to the men and not the women. And then after that, most of it goes to the white people, not the black people. So that's America.
0: You're listening to Sports with Family. I'm Russell Fugit with my dad, Gene Fugit Jr., uh, all pro tight end for the Dallas. And Cowboys. attorney in law. I mean, you always gotta uh, forget uh, to mention that. Uh, part. you're still you're still practicing, you're still practicing. Okay. What do you mean I'm, I'm still practicing? practicing. <laughs> I'm still I'm, I'm, I'm still all pro too. Unless you're down to your player weight, ready to get back out there. you know. Like I said, once all pro, you're always like a judge. Once you're a judge, you're always a judge. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Once you're a president, you're always a president. Okay.
1: Well, I'm in, in my mind, you know, in my in old mind.
0: mind. Okay. Well, let's pivot to uh, our preseason picks. Now, this week we're going to look at the AFC, the American Football Conference. Next week we'll get into our, our NFC teams. But we're gonna and start... we're going to do
1: that in honor of our, our campaign.
0: Yes, Haynes to the Hall. You can go to Haynes to the Hall. Why, why don't you do a commercial more. on that, son? Yeah, yeah. You can learn more about uh, Abner Haynes and, and his legacy as a uh, pro football superstar. Uh, uh, Hank Schramm called him a franchise player before there were such a thing. As fr- franchise players, he was MVP and Rookie of the Year in 1964. The and great
1: civil rights leader, businessman, yes. agent.
0: Yes, I actually found a New York Times article from the, I, just, I forgot to send that to you, that talked about him being an agent uh, in, the, in the New York Times. So, well, if it's so, in the New, New York Times, that research, makes it
1: real, doesn't it? That makes it real, doesn't it? <laughs> <that> may,
0: well, <laughs> it may depend on who you ask, but it makes it real to me. How about that? So, uh, so This amazing legacy, the, one, the first African-American executive is the Diamond, but so, so many accomplishments that he has had, and we want him to get the flowers while he's still with us to birthday coming up and so um you can check it out haying to the send a letter to the hall of fame to uh, have and, have and i you. need to
1: announce that in his honor his kansas city chiefs although when he started they were the dallas texans so he played with both the dallas texans and the kansas city chiefs they are favored to win the super bowl again this year russ Surprise, surprise? <laughs> are we surprised? Well, I mean, Tampa Bay is number two, Buffalo three, then they got the Rams, then the Ravens. I mean, that's this is what, you know, and that could change every week, but this is what they're seeing in Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think those are the safest bets at this point, but I, I'm confident that it's going to change. I think there's some interesting All
1: right, well, let's I'm see, gonna see what's going to change. Is
0: anything going to change in the AFC
1: East this year?
0: Well, Last Buffalo- year,
1: I think Buffalo walked away with it and the Patriots and the Jets stunk it up. Is that how I yeah, remember? last year that? you
0: last year you had Buffalo at thirteen and three, Miami at ten and six, the Patriots at seven and nine, and the Jets at two and fourteen. That looks so, about the way it's going to be this year too. Yeah, I think. Wow. I, yeah, I, I think so. I think the Patriots might have a winning record, but besides that, um, I don't think it's going to be much change or any change in the order. I would say.
1: I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, they, they're playing seventeen games, so that means you can't be eight and eight. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, you can be nine and eight or eight and nine, uh, which is really interesting. I think. I mean, usually, I mean, I think this is the first time in league history that the, the, that there was an odd number of games.
0: Now let's talk about that. I mean, we we've missed that even in our pregame, our pre-show huddle that when you came into the league it was a 14 game season correct 14 correct. Game regular with six season. with
1: six preseason games and right. then in 1978 I believe right
0: uh-huh
1: it, it to changed from, to, from four preseason to a 16 regular season
0: so tell us that like what was that change mm-hmm. like having two what was that change like having two additional regular season games what was that change well
1: like? for me I had to adjust my conditioning uh-huh. because uh First of all, it was very difficult for the younger players because most young players hit the wall by about the fifth or sixth game because that would be as much reps as they would have had in any college season they ever had pretty much, except if you were in Alabama maybe. But um, it's just a, a, a lot of plays. So I'm telling you right now, you cannot be in top shape, in my opinion, for 17 straight weeks. In other words, if, if you were going to the Olympics or you were swimming in the Olympics, I don't think you could hit those times 17 weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, think about it. Maybe, you know, hitting World record, but usually they're building up, okay, to that supreme performance, to that top performance. Now, baseball, of course, is every day is different everything else but the NFL is unique because of how physical it is and they've already bastardized the game by these Thursday games. See the right. game was designed to have a week to rest. And once you don't have a full week cycle to recycle, your your body's at a disadvantage and it requires certain things. So the more times that you're put in positions like that where your immunity stuff can drop, your recovery time drops, your systems drop, you become in more danger. Just like when you go to Europe, you become in more danger. And it hasn't been studied or measured. So mm. I don't think those things are fair. I don't know, again, if the players have any say in whether you're going to play in Iceland at 2 o'clock in the morning or what. You know, you just got to show up to, to earn your money. But these things are are all considered from TV and ownership perspective, and only from player perspective when we're at the bargaining table. Right.
0: Interesting. We'll, we'll see certainly as we get into December and I guess January how this new eighteen game season uh, plays out.
1: So oh. well, we're seeing we're seeing it now because no one knows how to condition for it. We see, we're seeing injuries and surgeries now, and the season hasn't even started. See, when we had a 16 game season, I wanted to be in top shape around game 10. I didn't want to go in the training camp in tip top shape because I could not maintain that. And Mm. I always designed to be in the playoffs. So add three games to whatever you're playing. So now we're talking 20 or 21 games. Right. That you want to be at your best. I mean, do you want to be at your best in game one to three or game 15 to 17? You see what I'm saying?
0: Right. 15 yeah. to 17. Yeah. One year, I think 20, it was like one
1: like 12th yeah. game out of 14th game. Then we were going to the playoffs. I went to Denver and, and caught two touchdowns. That was much bigger than if I had caught it in the second game of the season. Now, you right. say all games are the same, right? Well, that ain't true. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm going backwards. So
0: I, I asked the question. and I think it's, simple. it's an interesting thing to consider this year with going from 16 to 17 games.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it's uh, a change. And also, the randomness, and I mean randomness, okay? Why don't they all
0: just take a week off in the middle? I Thought that's what they might do as well. Is how everybody get a week or even two off. Because they're gonna be losing money, it's a week that they can't cash a check. I know, I know, I know. Well, maybe people leave. get two bye weeks. Oh, but I that would, two I mean, it makes too
1: much weeks. sense. But all this, I mean, is it would you rather have your week in the beginning, in the end, in the middle? Well, right, mean, that's the thing, right? It's it's rolling the dice, and anytime a dice roll is involved with a schedule. Then it is inherently not fair. Right,
0: it's not going to be equal or balanced. Certainly.
1: All right. So, All right. anyway, just to round this up, I know we've been going, uh, uh, you know, for a little while, but so Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, right?
0: Yeah, I can't argue with that. I can't.
1: I can't. All right. Argue. So let's go to the next one. Um...
0: the AFC North.
1: Let's see.
0: You got last year. You had Pittsburgh at twelve and four. The Ravens eleven and five. Cleveland eleven and five. And all three of those teams made the playoffs. And then you had the Bengals at four and eleven.
1: All right. Well, Vegas has it: Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. And I can't disagree with that.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't either. I feel there's a lot of people are down on Steelers and, and high on Browns, but. Um, I'm liking, you know, what, what the Ravens got go- going on. No,
1: I think more people are high on the Browns than down on the Steelers.
0: Right. Is, is that what I said? <laughs> no, <laughs> you said they were down
1: on the Steelers. I don't think there's so much a down on the Steelers. I just oh, think okay. they're high on the Browns. Okay, okay. And how course high on the Ravens? And and I, and I think by the end of the year, I mean, was last year legit or a fluke? See, that's what we're talking about. For Cleveland?
0: Yes, Yes, agree, agree, agree. Can Baker do it again, yeah, right. So Odell Beckham gonna come I mean, back. Pittsburgh
1: is gonna be Pittsburgh. They ain't gonna be great, but they they're gonna be fighting you for sixty minutes. So, right. and, and Tomlin knows what he's doing. So we'll,
0: we'll see on and that. they, they have, good and good, they have a defense. Right. And they have a defense.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and some got, people think with Barrow, the Bengals will be a lot better. They certainly got better players now. They do.
0: Joe Burrow, I'm not, not sure about back.
1: that coach, but yeah. We will see. Now,
0: okay, so that's the uh, AFC North. And we talked we'll, about the E. Now we'll go to the AFC South. Last year, you had Tennessee 11 and 5, Colts 11 and 5. And again, I think both of those made the play- playoffs. Did the Colts miss it? I'm, I'm, I think no, the Colts made it. And then you got Texans at 4 and 12 and Jacksonville at 1 and 5. And, and that looks like it's going to be hard to argue. With much change there. I mean, I think Jacksonville is better than one and fifteen. Um, but Texans at four and twelve. I mean, if they're saying right now Deshaun Watson's a backup quarterback essentially.
1: Well, who's Jacksonville gonna be? Texans.
0: They can beat be the Texans. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know the schedule. <laughs> okay, okay. So
1: they beat the Texans twice. Okay, that's two and fifteen. Is
0: that what you said? That what that would be that. I mean, would but to Houston's back. gotta be Houston. Houston's gotta be somebody. <laughs> Do that? <laughs> I mean well, some people are saying they could be one of the worst well, teams.
1: all I'm I mean, saying is if you're listening uh, you know Deshaun Watson and his crew man th- we need to get you uh, out of this situation because the legal deal I mean did you the latest report is that the FBI is now investigating some of the people who made the claims oh, really? and he's not even on it. the field and here right. again is a league that won't take a stance. I mean, he's, he's, he's alleged to have done all this stuff. And, oh, if all these people said it, it must be true, that's what they said about the governor. Form. But they all represented by one person. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I don't know what the facts are, but are, are, is he being treated fairly, Russ?
0: I'm not, is Sharon not Watson being treated fairly? I have not been convinced throughout this that he's been treated fairly, no.
1: And he's in Houston. I mean, he's in Houston. Just imagine if he was in Chicago, LA, or New York, how they'd be talking about this. Yeah,
0: it'd be worse. It'd be worse.
1: So I hope he's got good counsel. Because from what I understand, this this, is so out of character. I I just, you know, you just never know. But I, I just hope for the best. And I hope for everybody in Houston, the big H town. You know, we've been down there more yeah. than once. Yeah. Well, and I think I that they're better. I, and I think that team is going to surprise people because they got a real good coach and nobody really believes that, even though he was an assistant coach with the Ravens last year. And especially they don't believe it because he's African-American.
0: Yeah. He's, he was an assistant for a long time before yeah. he got yeah. this, this opportunity.
1: And remind me, I got a shout out on the coaches thing, by the way. So, so we'll wrap up this AFC because, uh, I mean, that's the real issue in terms of how Houston and and how they handled uh, Mr. Watson's issue. And uh, uh, the West, they got the Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Now, they got the Raiders in the bottom. You could argue they're better than the Broncos. But... they're in Vegas, and Vegas doesn't even believe it. <laughs> yeah, last year. You had the
0: Chiefs, fourteen and two. Of course, AFC champions, the Vegas Raiders still sound weird to me, eight and eight. And then you have the Char- the LA Chargers also still sounds weird to me, seven and nine. And the Denver Broncos at five and eleven. So used to the Chargers. Rather, the I Raiders mean, can Chucky have
1: another season and be last and still stay there as
0: coach, or was he still that good and he owns part of the team, it doesn't matter? I mean, I feel like, yeah, the latter, his deal is that good. He ain't oh, going anywhere. Oh, and,
1: my and, gosh. And, and
0: well, uh, Dave is family. We'll see. Them.
1: Maybe he'll surprise everybody, but uh, right now, they are projected to be one of the worst teams in the national football. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so we'll do some playoff predictions, you know, right when right the week of the sure. season starting. Cool. Now we'll talk about week.
1: the uh, and we'll talk about the uh, NFC uh, next week. Yeah, next we'll week we'll
0: run down NFC next week and we'll do. Now, know, we'll have
1: three weeks before we, before we conclude, uh, we're going to have a, a shout out uh, every week, and we'll also uh, answer questions. Russell, if they want to send us questions, how, how should they send the questions to us?
0: Um, they can send questions to us on uh, Twitter and tweet at Russell Fugit and at was it at on Twitter. Also, uh, find us and leave us a message using the Anchor app. If you're on Anchor, you can uh, find us at uh, anchor.fm backslash sports-with-family. And I think you can leave us an audio message there if you have the the Anchor app. Those are the two best ways, I'd say. And of course, all right, you can post, we to we post on the Facebook it. And you'll be getting the, the Facebook, Facebook page. Too. Are you going
1: to get the Facebook
0: page going again? Yeah, if, if you go into the show notes, it's all there. It's all there in the show All right, notes. so you can
1: hit us on Facebook, too. Because we're going to be having salutes and shout-outs, and we need some nominations. Now, I'm going to nominate and elect that shot for this week, Russ. Is that okay?
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: All right, because you're the partner. i got to just get your permission. Uh, this week, I would like to salute... Uh, head coach of the University of Maryland football, Mike Loxley. Loxley is the first black coach in Maryland football history. And he, along with Nick Saban, Mike Tomlin, and Ozzie Newsome, and that's a handful, have launched the National Coalition of Minority Football Coaches one year in its inception and it's provided resources to minority coaches from all levels of football with the hope of making them better job candidates because according to the NCAA demographic database, 82% of Division I football coaches were white last year, 16% black, and 3% were listed as other. However, on the football field, 48% of the players were black, 36% white, and 50% were listed as other. The NFL only has five head coaches of color, including Tomlin, despite the majority of the league's players being of color. So I want to salute Coach Lossley and wish him all the best with that schedule he has in the Big Ten. I know it's going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, well, we're excited to see what Coach Lossley can do, get us back into full contention, maybe surprise the Michigan's, Penn State's, and Ohio State's. In our, that's just in our division. Um in the big 10. Yeah, that's right.
1: Bring on. it on. Hey, hey, I'm from Baltimore. Bring it on.
0: Right. We bring it on. We wanna be wanna we gotta wanna got be the best. We gotta be an opportunity just within our own division. In the
1: that's field. right. And we've known we've the coach a long time, haven't we?
0: Yeah, we have known Coach Locks for a while. So yeah. to him. He was, he was and then back, he was with Fridge, man. He was back with Fridge. And then I have to shout out. Of course, I have to shout out.
1: Okay, how about yours? Uh,
0: yeah, my shout-out is, is uh, boxing referee Sharon Sands, who this weekend oh! was the referee for the Manny Rodriguez-Gary Russell fight, which lasted all of 16 seconds, ending mm. in an inadvertent headbutt. But but I have shout-out referee Sands, the African-American woman referee, refereeing championship-level men's boxing. And, of course, the name of this show is Sports With Family, and that is – my father Gene's baby sister, and my aunt Sharon, who I had to shout out. So if you had watched the fight on Showtime and noticed her uh, refereeing that very short and brief fight, um, that is our aunt Sharon saying shout out and salute to you, aunt Sharon. That's right.
1: That's Marcus and Brandon's (laughs) mom.
0: That's right. Mark. My cousin's Marcus and Brandon.
1: And we're going to get Brandon figured on this show too, Russ. Did you know he's going into the Salisbury Hall of Fame? I did not know that.
0: As he said, he yeah, to go to D three Hall of Fame too. National champion shot put and discus. Yeah, two time back to back and won both of those.
1: That's uh, right. Well, that's so, well, that,
0: that's your cousin. Well, I, you know, I got, got a, you know, we were texting and communicating this week. He had a, ma- a a major positive life event, so I won't put all his business out in the streets, But salute, yeah, right. Don't Brandon. put him out in the street, but no, we will no. have him on
1: the show, and then we'll let him uh, put his own stuff out there.
0: Yeah, he can he can he can talk about his own his own stuff, and you know his his uh, you know semi pro uh, strongman competitions and all the stuff that he does. He definitely keeps the theme here going with sports and family. So, Dad, we're gonna wrap up, but all right, we'll wrap you, it up and know- mask it up. Everybody. I know, I know we didn't get to the college stuff, but we'll have we have a couple weeks left to get to that. We'll get to the NFC, get to some uh, playoff picks. I might have a few fantasy football nuggets I've been preparing for my draft. I may share a little bit of my strategy and tips. I don't want to give it all away. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't know if you should do that. No. All right, I gotta go. All right, thanks, Dad. All right, later. See you next week. All right.